Hello friends, if we have never met before, my name is Luke and I'm excited because tonight we are wrapping up our series called How Do I Pray? Now, during this series, we have been learning about prayer and I would hope that you, if you've been participating, you've also been uh, practicing prayer, uh, integrated a habit or a rhythm of prayer in your everyday life. And if you haven't yet, or this is the first collection of the series that you're listening to or watching, I invite you, just try it. Try integrating a habit of talking to God regularly. That's my challenge to you as we get started. Anyways, a question for you. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're like, am I doing this right? Maybe it was in a new set of math problems and you're like, okay, I think I got it. The teacher told me how to do this. And you're, you feel like you're just rock and rolling and you check the answers and you're like, am I doing this right? Because it seems like I'm not doing this right. Or maybe it was on a first date where you were like, so, um, yeah, uh, it's, this is good, right? We're, we're doing, this is, we're having a good time. And you're like, am I doing this right? I'm pretty sure I'm not doing this right. For me, it's almost always happens uh, in wedding receptions. Now, I don't know how many wedding receptions you've been to, but at most wedding receptions, there is dancing. Now, there's the dancing where it's just like kind of make it up as you go, which I will not show you. But uh, then there's the choreographed dancing. And that is like a whole other ball game. I remember as a kid, uh, there was a song called The Electric Slide. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it was pretty traumatic for me because I am just following right along with the freestyle, is it freestyle? Make it up as you go. And then all of a sudden, these middle-aged people start twirling, dancing, spinning, and these random claps. And I was like, I cannot keep up with this. I tried and it was pretty fast. I was like, am I doing this right? I don't think so. Uh, but growing up, then moving along, there was the cotton-eyed Joe, which was a very complex dance where people touched their hands to their heels, and I was so confused. I didn't know where I was from or where I was going. I was, I'm sorry. Anyways, then in middle school, high school, we I was introduced to the Cupid Shuffle and the Cha-Cha Slide, and those were easier days to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right cha-cha real smooth, which I'm pretty sure is something like this. But now if you go to a wedding reception, which I know many of them are on pause, they have a whole new brand of choreographed dances, which are what I believe are TikTok dances. Now I don't have a TikTok, and I don't know like any TikTok dances, but I found myself at a wedding reception a while ago, and it was literally like everyone, it was like everyone had a plan on how to do some dance. I think this is what, I don't know what it was. But I was like, am I doing this right? I'm not even gonna try to do this right. Now, we're in a series about prayer, and I would bet that many of you have had the same thought when it comes to your prayers. Am I doing this right? In fact, I would guess that some of you uh, prayed for something for a while. You prayed for someone to get better, you prayed for something to happen in your life, but you didn't really know like, how does prayer work? Or how do I know when prayer is working? And maybe that caused you to stop or at least pray way less consistently. I would guess there are some of you who are like, I don't even know how prayer works or how to know whether or not it is working. And so I'm just not gonna pray at all. It doesn't seem very important. 
Well, throughout this series, we've been exploring prayer. And tonight, I want to attempt to answer that question. How do you know when prayer is working? Or how do you know if you're doing it right? And to do this, I want to look at the last section of a, a collection of scriptures that we've been looking at called the Lord's Prayer. It's where Jesus tells his followers how to pray. Now, I think when we look at this last piece of the Lord's Prayer and a, a story that Jesus tells about prayer as a little bonus, I think we will see what it looks like for prayer to work. I think we'll notice what it looks like when prayer is actually working. So before we do that, I want to do a quick recap of where we've been in this series, okay? I'm going to try to be fast with this. So uh, in this series, we've been going off of an acronym called PRAY, and I'll have Al put it up right here. And I'm just going to walk through kind of what each of the letters represents. So the first letter in PRAY is P, and it stands for PAUSE. We learn in Matthew 6, Jesus kind of uh, points out two different people who are doing prayer wrong, the Gentiles and the hypocrites. The, the Gentiles were praying, trying to impress God. They were trying to show God that they were worthy of his attention. And the hypocrites were praying to try to impress people. We learned in this teaching that uh, we don't have to pray to impress God or try to earn his favor or try to impress people. We can pray and pause and just rest in the fact that God loves us 100% as we are. And we can enter a space of prayer with that uh, spirit of pause and rest and knowing who we are. Then the next week we went and we started the uh, Lord's Prayer, which begins with R, which stands for rejoice. And this is what it is. This is in Matthew 6. Uh, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Now in this part of a time of prayer, when you pray, you can rejoice in who God is. God is our Father who is close and near to us, just like a loving Father is. He is also in heaven, meaning He is beyond anything we could dream or imagine. And because God is so good, He doesn't fit inside of the categories we make. And for this reason, we can rejoice and worship Him for who He is, knowing that He is wise and also kind. Then we moved along in the Lord's Prayer to A in pray, which is ask. And uh, further on in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus instructs his followers to pray like this. Ask, may your kingdom come soon, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Now, we learned in this part of the prayer that God wants us to ask him for things. He wants us to ask him for uh, the little things like give us today the food we need. But he also invites us to ask the big things. And in this scenario, it's may your kingdom come soon. May, may how you want the earth to look happen. That is a big prayer. And God cares so much about us that he wants us to ask him for the small things, the day-to-day -day needs, and the big things over a long period of time. So now we're here at the last letter of pray, which is why. And it stands for yield. Now, I know yield isn't a word that we use very often, but I'm thinking you'll make sense of it as I read the last part of the Lord's Prayer. And this is what it says. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation, 
but rescue us from the evil one. So what is the end of this prayer saying? And what does yield mean? Well, yield means to give way or to allow to lead. So if you're in a car and you're at a yield sign and a car is coming, you let them go first and then you follow. Well, in our time of prayer, we are doing the same thing with God. And in, in particular, this part of the Lord's Prayer is speaking that clearly. And here's what I mean. Forgive us our sins. We are asking God to cleanse us from the bad things we've done. Those things that we have done that have been separate from his plans for us. And then it says, as we forgive those who sin against us. It's a, a prayer asking God to help us forgive the people that we sin. It's like a commitment to him that we'll follow him in forgiving others. And then, and don't let us yield to temptation. Don't let us follow the path of sin, of, of evil, but deliver us from the evil one. God, we want to follow you. We want you to lead us. Now, I would submit to you that this part of the Lord's Prayer, the forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, is the hardest part to pray in the whole thing. And here's why. It kind of acts as a confession. Like, it requires us to take an honest look at who we really are and who we are not. Like, when I tell God, forgive me my sins, I am admitting that I fall short, that I don't live up to any standard that is set for me, that I make mistakes, and that I do things that I regret. And that's not easy. And when I uh, tell God, don't let me yield to temptation, I am saying that I have a propensity to do what is wrong. That there are uh, opportunities all around me to make mistakes. And that's hard to pray. But you know what? It's important to pray. Because it, it, it positions me in a place to say, I am going to go where you are leading me, God. I don't want to go in this area. I don't want to lead myself, but I want you to lead me. There is another story in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus kind of highlights this, what this type of prayer looks like. And it's a little intense, but I just want to point it out to you really quick. Uh, it's found in Luke chapter 18, and it's a, a parable. It's a story with a meaning that Jesus tells about two different people who are praying. This is the story. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. Now, pause. A Pharisee is a religious leader of the time, someone who had a, a high standing in social class, someone who is respected, someone who followed the rules. And a despised tax collector, someone who cheated their uh, other people's money, someone who stole from other people, someone who is looked down on as the bottom of the barrel of society. So two, each of them are praying. The Pharisee stood up by himself and prayed this prayer. This is what the Pharisee prays. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. 
Okay, so the Pharisee is saying, God, I thank you essentially that I'm awesome and I'm not as bad as that guy. Well, then the tax collector prays and this is what the tax collector prays. The tax collector stood at a distance, dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. That is intense. It was like he was thinking about who God is and who he was and everything he'd done. And he's like, God, I, I don't even know what to say, but have mercy on me. Like, show your mercy and your, your grace to me. And Jesus kind of breaks down these two prayers. He says this, I tell you, the sinner, the tax collector, not the Pharisee, not the religious ruler, uh, returned home justified before God. So he was saying the, the, the prayer that worked or the prayer that was effective was the prayer that said, be merciful on me, God. I'm a, a sinner. Not the one that was all like, yeah, I'm fine. See, the Pharisee's prayer was like, I'm all good. And the tax collector's prayer was like, I need God. The, the Pharisee's prayer was like, I don't need to change a thing about me. I'm good. And the tax collector's prayer was like, I need you, God. I need you to change me. You see the difference there? So this brings us back to that first question. How do I know that I'm doing it right? How do I know if my prayers are working? Well, here's the thing. It might not always mean that you feel something because sometimes prayer changes the way you feel, like you feel close to God uh, physically or personally, and uh, sometimes it doesn't change the way you feel. It might not mean that your circumstances change. Sometimes prayer changes your circumstances, sometimes it doesn't. It might not mean that you get everything that you pray for. Sometimes prayer changes what you have and the blessings you have in your life, and sometimes it doesn't. So how do you know if prayer is effective or if prayer is working? It's if you're changing. It's if you are opening yourself up to be led by God and changed by him. It's if you position yourself in a way that says, God, wherever you lead, I'm going to follow. I am not going to yield to temptation, but I'm going to yield to you. I'm going to let you lead me. Now, this does not mean like, and then you'll be perfect and you'll never make mistakes. And you, but it means that you are willing to follow God wherever he takes you. It means that you're willing to say no when you know that God clearly doesn't want you to do something or that you're willing to say yes even when it takes a lot of courage. Let me tell you something, prayer might not change my feelings. It might not change my circumstances. Prayer might not change my, the things I own or the blessings I have. Prayer changes me. And committing yourself to a life of prayer is a commitment to say, God, change me. Change me. Make me who you want me to be. Forgive me. Lead me. And so my question for you tonight, in this moment, is not like, what do you want God to change? It's not like, choose one thing that you want God to change in your life. It's just, it's this. Are you willing to let God change you? Are you willing to commit to a life of prayer and a life of reading his word and saying, whatever I learn from this and wherever I sense you're leading, I 
will follow you. That is the invitation that God has for you. And it's an invitation that is not easy to accept, but it does ultimately lead to your joy and your fulfillment. It is not an easy road, but it is a road worth taking. God wants to change you, and he wants to love you along the way as he's changing. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that we have a clear invitation from you to rely on you when life is hard, to rely on you when the path isn't clear. God, we thank you that you have invited us to follow you, not just as a, a one-time decision in our lives, but as a lifestyle of saying, God, wherever you are taking me today, whatever decisions you want me to make, I am all for it. God, would you open up our hearts and allow us to follow wherever you're leading? Would you give us the courage to follow through when it's hard to follow you? And God, I just ask, as your son, you would change me. Help me to see the things you see and help me to live the way that you want me to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.